Hi, all. I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Tuesday, August 27th, 2019, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. Uh, kind of have two shows in one for you today, Matterport Capture App, Matterport 3D Showcase, uh, Matterport 3D Showcase App, uh, a demo and discussion. And to help us with that, hey, Amir, good to see you. Good to see you again, Dan. Good to see you again, Amir. Uh, is uh, Amir Frank. Uh, Amir is Matterport Content Marketing Manager. He's been on the show a number of times to help us understand the, the basics of, uh, of all things Matterport. So uh, super excited to have you on the show again, Amir. Uh, how about we start with the Matterport uh, Capture app? And yeah. uh, if you could let us know what version that we're working on. Sure thing. So I'm working with the latest version that's available in the App Store. It's version 3.0.5. Okay. Um, so uh, did you want me to go ahead and just share my, uh, my iPad screen uh, so you can see? Great. Yeah, that would be great. So let me just uh, pull that up. So th this is a Matterport capture app, um, really for newbies. So I'm, we're going to assume that, uh, that I, that I've never used Matterport before, that I've, I've ju I, I just bought my Matterport camera, I'm waiting for it to arrive, and I want to get a head start on how to use Matterport Capture app, and uh, Amir is kind enough to take me through that. Yep. So, um, so what we see on the screen here is, is basically just my, my iPad. Um, you can see in the bottom, I have two Matterport uh, applications. We'll get to the one on the right. That's the 3D Showcase app. Right, right now, I want to focus on the one on the uh, left, which is Capture. Um, I don't know that I have uh, internet access, but basically, if you go into, let me see. I don't think this is going to work. OK. Uh, basically, if you go uh, into your App Store uh, application and just search for Matterport, uh, there aren't that many applications made by Matterport, and you'll you'll run across it without a problem. So, okay, so um, we're looking for the Matterport Capture app. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Capture. This is the one used to um, capture your scan data, <laughs> uh, hence the name Matterport Capture. Um, so when it comes up, this is basically your home screen. You see a thumbnail of all the models that you have. Uh, captured that you have in your iPad, and uh, you can either go into any one of these models uh, to see the information, the scan data. Uh, I can add to this, edit this uh, in a couple different ways, and upload it to my uh, Matterport account for processing into a complete model. Okay, so right. let's assume that I bought a Matterport Pro 2D, Matterport Pro 2 3D camera. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, uh, I've opened the app. Now what? Uh, so you've opened the app. And in order to capture, you actually don't even need to uh, sign into your account. Uh, but let's see if we can go ahead and uh, go through that. Um, so if I press the, uh, the three lines that are in the top left corner of the application, um, you can see kind of a, a, a settings panel come up, and there is uh, my email address 
on the uh, at the top there. If I click that, I can log out. I can sign out of this account and sign into another one. Uh, let's assume that I wasn't actually uh, logged in. I would just be able to sign into my account. Okay, so this is where I enter my Matterport Cloud account. Uh, Correct. Email address and password. Correct. This is where you enter in your Matterport uh, Cloud account, email address and password. Uh, it shows you a little bit about the account. And also, uh, you can see where it says organization. I can select between the possible uh, different organizations that uh, I'm related to. So for example, what that means is I'm a Matterport service partner and uh, I have my own uh, account in my own business, but uh, somebody with their, their account um, hired me to scan for them. So I'm just the scanner in this case, and I'm uploading directly to their account as opposed to going through my account. Uh, and so they would invite me as a collaborator. I'm then added, and here under organization, I can choose which account I want to um, upload to. Uh, and that's good to know. And uh, I did watch WGAN TV Live at 5 when you did Matterport Workshop 3.0 and mm -hmm. you explained how to do um, uh, set up a collaborator account to either be invite a collaborator or to be a collaborator. So we'll just assume that uh, all our viewers understand how to do that. And if not, that they can go into the we get around network forum, WGANforum.com, and uh, search for that show uh, and that particular um, uh, feature about collaboration. Yep. Okay. So, so back I'm going to go uh, into panel. Sorry? So, so, do you want to come out of that? There's a tab. Yeah. So, let's come back here. Uh, and you'll notice that if I go, so just below my uh, email address, it shows me which organization uh, I'm uploading to, I'm, I'm connected to. Uh, every time I hit upload, it'll just confirm uh, that I'm uploading to the correct organization. So I'll, at that point, after hitting upload, I'll also be able to uh, kind of as a last step, choose which uh, organization I want to upload to. So that, that's very important. Okay. Um, so you do have uh, settings and privacy, which you can go into. This has um, a few different setting options for how you uh, like to use uh, Capture. Uh, for example, the sounds, uh, when it aligns, after it's done scanning, transferring the data, things like that. Uh, little bings and bongs that happen as you're scanning. Uh, the, what do the they grid, sound like? What, what's it sound like? Bing, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> This is American Idol moment. I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the grid, which uh, we haven't uh, seen yet, but I'll show you that in a second. So you can either uh, show the grid, which will which give you an idea of the, uh, uh, the amount of space being covered. And you can either have that in metric or imperial, which is the grid units. See that just below there. Um, assisted alignment. So this is actually very, very important uh, in different situations namely situations where uh, the capture app may have more difficulty aligning between the scan positions. For example, uh, large open spaces, maybe an empty warehouse. There isn't a lot of 3D data that the camera can see uh, in order to judge where it's moved, where, you're, where you've positioned the camera this time. 
So this visual, this, this visual alignment or assisted alignment allows you to use things that we call uh, April tags. It's basically a, a giant letter size QR code that you stick to the wall. And uh, each QR code is obviously different. And then uh, with that information, the uh, system can better recognize where you've moved the camera. Okay, okay. So, so for a residential li listing, which I anticipate doing most of, I, mm -hmm. I won't need to Probably not. click on the assisted alignment, these things that look like QR codes. But if I am doing a super large space and it's an open space, like a, a warehouse, then I probably need to click on that little I for information to learn more about alignment uh, with uh, these April tags. But I think for today, we'll assume I'm a newbie. I'm not, I'm not going to start out with the most difficult uh, space is when, when I presume things uh, look the, the, the same, maybe uh, mm -hmm. a giant open warehouse where from one end to the other, it doesn't look different. And, exactly. and, and I need some distance with the lining. That's an, let's call that an advanced feature. Don't need it. Don't need it today. Good to know that it exists and that I could there. on that. Yeah. Um, below that, just about uh, the capture app itself. I'm, as you can see, running version 3.0.5. Um, the 3D conversion engine refers to the engine uh, or software algorithm that converts the, uh, the 2D data to 3D. This is for anybody using the 360 cameras, the Ricoh Theta, uh, Insta360, things like that. Yeah, uh, I bought it. I got an Insta. I got an Insta360 One X. Yep. So uh, does that mean I could use that with Matterport as well? Absolutely. And and so if I'm planning to use my Insta360 One X, uh, and I got my eye on a Ricoh Theta Z1, then I need to download and install whatever this 3D conversion engine. Yeah, it, the Aptix so capture, that's actually a very simple uh, process. We won't be able to go through it right now, but um, basically the application walks you through that. As soon as you even uh, attempt to scan your first uh, scan position with a 360 camera, uh, it'll tell you, hey, you need this conversion and you can just go ahead and download it. So um, this is kind of a, a, a one-time add-on to the Matterport Capture app if I'm using a, presently a Ricoh Theta um, uh, V or Ricoh Theta Z1 or uh, an Insta360 One X. Uh, and then I read a little bit uh, in the We Get Around Network forum about the Leica BLK360. So mm -hmm. I presume I would need that as uh, this 3D conversion engine only for the 360 cameras. Just for the 360 cameras. Only Great. for the 360 cameras, yeah. Great, thanks the, for uh, The Matterport and the Leica um, capture their own 3D. Okay, so for, for today, we'll just assume that uh, I got my Matterport uh, Pro 2 3D camera uh, mm -hmm. on its way to me, and we'll focus on that for the rest yeah. of our experience here. Correct. So yeah. So so in that case, when you do have a, a true 3D camera, you don't need the uh, the engine. There's no conversion happening. Um, below that, you have the uh, license agreements and and whatnot. So I'm just going to go back. Uh, help and support embedded into Capture are actually some uh, uh, technical help and uh, support uh, documentations. 
Can, can so, we see an example? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's the, uh, the quick start, uh, things like this, where it shows you how to connect, a few tips. So there's some, some helpful documentation. Okay. And I saw, I think at the very top, that there was also a, uh, a how to scan video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's embedded. Let's I go. Think. Get our screen. There we go. Yeah. So it runs through our, uh, our quick start how to video on, on just the, the very uh, kind of bare bones fundamentals of, uh, of scanning. Okay, cool. So we can stop that here. Um, but I, I did the time to, to look at that video. I thought it was an excellent video to help get started with Matterport scanning. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, good, that's good to know that where to find it. And I think you just had some other things under help and support just to... Um, yeah, so help and support... Uh, and and, I, and I did go ahead. I know you have some challenges connecting to the internet. So I do know that w when I went through how to scan on the 3D scan, mirrors, windows, and trim, er error messages, etc., that that those either were kind of uh, notes, short mm -hmm. notes, me about each of those, or had linked out to Matterport support. Uh, you may, yeah, you may need uh, to have internet. Um, access in order to do this. Uh, most of it should be, because when you're using Capture, typically you are connected um, to the camera and not to the internet. So a lot of this content, if not all of it, really should be uh, on your iPad or iPhone. Yeah, I, I found most of it on my iPad, but there were uh, the links there. So I found reading the links ahead of time. So I was uh, you know, I'm, I'm super eager to get my Matterport Pro 2 3D camera. And so I, I've been looking at uh, the, the app and I did see there were a lot of helpful uh, sc screens in case I get stuck. Mm -hmm. um, and then some of them actually do go off to the web and give me more information, such as right. uh, April tags that you were talking about earlier. Yep. Yep. Okay, so, cool. Um, and after that, you have uh, storage and firmware. So here uh, you have the amount of uh, uh, storage that, that is in Capture, basically how much uh, storage on your iPad Capture is taking up. So that's a good thing to just keep note of. It's not something that you need to look at uh, on a daily basis, I would say, um, but just keep note of it. And also um, how large the, the iPad is. It's, it's important when you're using Capture to uh, try and always have no less than two gigabytes of available storage. Uh, and the reason for that is there's a lot of um, processing that's involved in aligning the scan positions, and that may require um, basically just more resources from the iPad. Well, uh, let's pause there for just a moment. Amir, maybe you could take it off screen share just for a moment. Mm -hmm. And I just want to kind of maybe insert a, a, a new subtopic here is um, uh, I haven't, I ha maybe if you take it off screen. Yeah, thank you. Um, which device should I be using for Matterport scanning? Which device, meaning which 
um, uh, iPad, iPhone, iOS device or which? Yeah, yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, so as far as the device used, the uh, at the very least, uh, let's just kind of focus on iPhones for a second. So um, iPhone, I believe it's uh, uh, version uh, 6S or later. Uh, and the 6S is actually getting pretty old now. So, so it's not, uh, you don't necessarily have to have the latest and greatest. Um, but that said, oh, and before I get into uh, more about that, uh, as far as iPad, uh, sixth generation iPad is great. That's what I have. Um, iPad Airs work very well, but the iPad Pros are gonna be a little bit faster. Uh, same thing holds true for the iPhones, uh, either iPhone or iPad. Right now, you know, we only um, support iOS devices. Um, hopefully, soon others as well, Android. But for now, it's iOS, and so the latest uh, or the fastest and, and um, most amount of RAM is beneficial. It will allow you to align much faster and move on to the next scan um, quicker, so you can just proceed throughout the entire space much faster. So. Uh part of making a decision about what device is right for me uh, may be a budget consideration. So uh, if I can afford it, you're recommending get the device that has the most storage and has the fastest processor. Yeah, the most you can afford. I personally like the bigger screen on the iPads. Um, so I, I kind of gravitate towards that if possible. Are you, are you talking about the, the really big iPad or? Not, no, I'm talking about iPad versus iPhone. So that's why, I, I mean, if you have an iPhone 10, that's great. Um, and it, it'll work just fine, but the larger screen on any iPad versus iPhone, I think is beneficial, um, especially when getting into things like markings and, and whatnot. Um, even the iPad Pro 9 uh, or 9.6, whatever inches it is, is, is fine. You don't need the 12 inch. Do you, is, there a rec, is this a personal preference of, in terms of physical size? Uh, um, it's, yeah, at that point, I would say it's completely a personal preference, whatever you, uh, you know, feel comfortable with. Uh, some will kind of lean towards the smaller, lighter iPad and some just really want that huge 12 inch screen, which is understandable. Well, I was thinking if I was scanning for five or eight hours a day, uh, that extra weight of that really large iPad yep. might, might take a toll on. Absolutely. And that is definitely a consideration. In fact, yeah. even the lightest weight iPads after a while take their toll. Uh, they, they become heavier, it seems, with time. Uh, highly recommended as an accessory <laughs> is a shoulder strap case for your iPad. Uh, uh, good, good tip. Good, good yeah. to know. So, and then I, I happen to have an iPhone uh, XR, um, mm -hmm. but I, I'm just, I'm somehow I'm not tempted to use it for, for scanning because watching doing the, the, the trim and kind of looking for where there's black faces and scan seems like it be uh, of an iPad. Uh, while scanning, uh, as opposed to using an iPhone, uh, where I, maybe I don't physically have such a big screen and maybe a little bit harder to, to, to see? Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, again, it's just uh, personal. And if you happen to have an iPhone and don't want to spend the money on an iPad, you, you can. The possibility is there. Uh, but I would say, as you said, with uh, trimming and uh, drawing in the, uh, the lines, 
uh, for Windows and whatnot, it does, the larger screen does make it a little bit easier. Yeah, I happen to be uh, um, going, uh, tra uh, uh, traveling in September, and I was, oh, well, th this is nice. I could actually take my N360 X and iPhone XR and have a small light solution so that I can scan my hotel room. Absolutely. Absolutely. Incredibly transportable, very easy to, uh, to travel with, it, you know, packs up in, in no time. Most of it will even fit in pockets. Yeah. And I have a, a small monopod that, that collapses and is very small for, uh, for, for, for traveling. But I, uh, are, do you have photographers that their day-to-day scanning device is actually a smartphone, uh, is an iPhone rather than doing a tablet? Um, I'll be honest, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. The possibility okay. is there and there, there certainly may be some. The, you know, the iPhone uh, 10 has more RAM, has I believe uh, three or four gigabytes of RAM, which is more than some iPads. Uh, so it's, it's a, as far as performance, it's a, it's a very high performing uh, device and uh, outside of the screen size can certainly be used. Well, I still have a couple more days to, to make my decision on which device to go with, but I, I, I think what I would choose is probably um, not, not the physically largest iPad, but the iPad that has the most storage with the fastest mm -hmm. processor uh, and in, invest in a, um, a shoulder strap, I think you're describing it, harness, yeah. shoulder strap, uh, or, or maybe a, kind of a, a, a case with a grip or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is interesting to say, you know, if a, if a device weighs a pound, uh, five hours of scanning, does it still weigh a pound? Yeah. <laughs> maybe it might feel like it's a little bit heavier than that, that pound. I guess that's an interesting philosophical question for yeah. another okay so th i think that tremendously helps uh which device is right for me and i think i can make a confident decision based on what you've described you want to take us back on screen share and uh, keep taking matterport capture app let me see here where did oh, there we are okay so um just to point out, under the updates in this option, uh, currently turned off, is the 3D conversion. This is what we were looking at before with um, when using 360 cameras and, and the, the application being able to convert those into 3D. Uh, this is what's necessary. So if I tap this toggle switch, it'll just go online and download um, the 3D conversion engine. Great. And I, where it says firmware and it has a green check mark, um, I would imagine if there is a new firmware upgrade for my Matterport Pro 2 3D camera, there'd be some kind of red mark indicating that there's yeah, a, a firmware. Be, exactly. Exactly. So, so this camera that you see here, the, uh, the uh, serial number being a P771 is one of the cameras that this iPad has connected to. Every camera that you connect your uh, iPad to or your capture to uh, is stored here under firmware and the firmware version inside that camera is, uh, is listed here underneath firmware. Uh, in this case, it's showing me the firmware version and it's telling me that I am uh, up to date with that camera. 
Okay. So I may have in my uh, stock of cameras, I may have more than one, and one may be updated while others are not. Uh, so it'll tell me here. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, okay, so that is basically uh, the, the settings, uh, seeing what's going on, uh, kind of a, adjusting any preferences that you have uh, for capture. And I'm just going to tap on the main screen to kind of get rid of that, slide all these thumbnails back. And then here, what I kind of wanted to go over uh, outside of the uh, hamburger menu on the top left is the question mark, which again brings up the help information that we looked at before, uh, select and sort. So if I tap select, I can just tap any number of these models and then, for example, um, upload these two, uh, duplicate them, or just delete them from my capture app altogether. Okay, I'm just gonna hit uh, cancel. And uh, sort is actually kind of uh, nice to have because this, by default, the sort is uh, by date. So the last one that you've scanned is at the uh, you know, top left corner uh, of your screen here and, uh, and so on. So I can actually change the sort. If I had, for example, 60, 70 models in Capture, I can search by name or sort by name. It might be, make it easier for me to find the model that I'm looking for. Cool. Okay. Uh, outside of that, really the only thing left is to create a new model. Well, I see a couple other things before you get there. Oh. I, I see uh, on the first thumbnail is a little cloud with the check mark, but the others uh -huh. don't have that. Yeah. So uh, this model has been uploaded to the account. This, this indicates that a little check with a little cloud icon indicates that I've uploaded this to my account. Uh, the others don't have that because they haven't been uploaded. Okay, and then I see three dots under each of the thumbnails. Yes. So while I can go into the model by just tapping on it, for example, like that, I can see the model. I can press, you see in the top right corner here, I have that cloud with the up arrow icon to upload. Um, I don't need to do that. I don't have to go into the model. I can tap these three dots and just hit uh, upload from this menu. That is assuming it's never been uploaded. Uh, if it has been uploaded, like with this one, uh, you'll see that that option is not available, but I do still have the edit info uh, and duplicate option here or delete. Uh, that actually brings up an interesting uh, point because sometimes you may want to re-upload the same model data. And if you tap here and you can't, then you're not sure what to do, in which case, what I would recommend is just edit the info. And so instead of uh, campground, I'm just gonna add a number two, save, and now I can upload. So I didn't make any change to the model data itself, but let's say I want two of these in my account, uh, I can re-upload the second one, uh, or the same model just by changing the name. Without having to duplicate the model and take up space on your iPad. Correct. Okay. Um, does, does anything, I know we haven't connected a camera and, and uh, that's problematic today with the, how we do our call and how you share your screen, et cetera. But would I see anything different on the screen once the camera is actually connected? 
Um, I actually have a short video that I did so we can look through uh, what a scan looks like. Okay. Um, but before we get there, I just wanted to point out the large plus uh, icon with the circle in the bottom right. Mm -hmm. That, uh, of course, the only thing left is to create a new model where you tap that. It asks you, okay, what's the address of this location? Uh, you don't need to do anything. Uh, if you just hit save, it'll name it un, uh, untitled or something like that. Uh, if I just do test, it'll name a test. Um, and once it opens, the screen comes up, it's blank, it's new. Uh, once I have a camera connected, instead of no camera connected, obviously it'll say connected. And I'll be able to tap the uh, little kind of cube icon in the circle there, just below where it says 3D to uh, scan my first. And, and what's the difference between that three button and that cube button? So uh, the cube button is what triggers the scan. The 3D button is what indicates what you're scanning, uh, a 3D or a 360. That should not be confused with what camera you're using, meaning uh, the Insta360 that we previously talked about uh, is not to be scanned as a 360 because it's a 360 camera. That's something very different. Uh, if you want the model to be in 3D, if you, I'm sorry, if you want that scan position to be part of your 3D model, it has to be scanned using the 3D mode. If you just want a 360, for example, you've done the interior of a home, and now you want to go grab the hero shot from the curb or uh, backyard without having to scan your way or progressively move the camera to the backyard, just pick it up, move it to the backyard, uh, and there's no alignment between those scan positions, you would then choose the 360. This adds just a 360 spherical uh, position to the model data without actually aligning it with the rest of the 3D model. So uh, with, the, with a 3D scan, uh, the, each scan has to attach to a previous scan. And with a 360 view, I can move the anywhere. Uh, the trade-off is that the 360 doesn't have data associated with it like a 3D uh, scan, which has both the 360 view and the 3D data. Correct. Okay. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Um, Will those buttons look anything different than uh, when the camera's connected? I'm sorry. Will the buttons look different? Yeah. Uh, no. No, they all uh, pretty much just look like this. So I have a choice of which button to touch. I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm scanning 3D because I want to end up with a Matterport dollhouse view as opposed to the 360 views that contribute the 360 photos, like an outdoor shot, the hero image you were describing, mm -hmm. but don't have the data. So how do I just make sure that when I start scanning that I'm actually using the Matterport 3D capability. So uh, the default is the 3D option. Every time you create a new model, it's, it's 3D. Uh, and it's basically just a matter of, of choosing which one you want to scan before actually uh, hitting the scan button. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of that why they're both so close together. So that cube is the 3D. 
the cube that you see in the scan button is it implies that you're scanning 3D, and when you go to 360, it shows you kind of a 360 uh, spherical icon. Okay, so since you're tapping on your iPad, we can't actually see that, but that's what's happening. You're tapping. Yeah, I'm tapping. Right, I'm tapping uh, the 360 uh, degrees, the brighter of the two, the top one. Yeah. Not the big one uh, to the right of no camera connected, but just to the top of that, that. That's what I'm tapping to change between those two different scan options. Okay, great. Um, okay. You want to play a video that shows this? Yeah, let me pull that up. And uh, while you're getting set up with that video, Amir, um, uh, there's a uh, huge thunderstorm uh, where we are. So if it knocks us off the air, it's, it'll probably just be for a second or two. And if so, we'll just reconnect and we'll be able to continue on. Good to know if I lose you. Okay. Uh, so let me just go ahead and uh, play this. Can you see anything? Oh, sure. I, I see you're entering your new job right now. Okay. I'm not seeing you on my... Uh... So, okay. so um, this, this is the video that you're playing. Yeah. So I just started uh, scanning. I, I sped this up a little bit just so we're not uh, sitting around. But so this is the first initial scan position that uh, we're capturing. And you can see this is aligning at the top and then it comes in. Oh, great. This is tremendously helpful because I, I know doing our show that we can't actually connect to the camera and mm -hmm. the iPad and our show. So you recorded a, a video so we could see what's happening. Exactly. So uh, we're scanning the second. Now with the third one, I did something uh, a little different. Let me just pause it real quick and go over this. With this uh, third scan position, I took the camera out of the room that's currently being scanned so you see what it looks like if there is no alignment. Okay. Okay. So the, the information is transferring, it's trying to align, and then it comes up. Uh, by the way, just a quick note, uh, you can see the grid lines here. Okay, it says no uh, alignment. No alignment. Again. Okay. So you just basically hit okay and move on. Um, I move the camera back into the room and I'm scanning posi uh, basically position number four, and I just wanted to point out something uh, interesting. Pause this for a second. So you'll notice that now we have scan position one, and you'll notice on my grid, it's at zero. This line is at zero meters, and zero. This line is zero meters. Mm -hmm. Down here, it's at zero meters. So, so scan position one is at zero, zero, and that's kind of where everything starts and it gets built out from. Uh, scan position two is over here. Scan position three did not align, and I hit OK, and that just kind of goes to the trash. There's nothing the system can do with it. Then I scanned uh, scan position four, and so you'll notice that I have one, two, and four. I don't have scan position three because it never aligned. The same holds true if you uh, delete a scan. Um, up here, just underneath the name of the model, right in the center, you'll see it says three scans. So this up here is the true total number of scans you have in your model, not the uh, dark blue uh, scan position with the biggest number. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, in this example, I'm only one off, but this could easily with the large 
uh, home can get to you know 10 20 off and uh, you'll look at the the blue you know dot with 156 on it and uh, you upload it and then you realize that workshop only shows me 140 scan positions something didn't upload everything uploaded if something didn't upload it wouldn't have processed in the beginning it, it can't mm -hmm. process until everything is uploaded um, so just one an error message uh, wh what other error messages might I uh, hopefully not get there are some error messages that uh, you could potentially run into um, that will um, basically indicate it can't upload uh, this what I would do in that case is say okay no problem you can uh, either create a duplicate of the model data and try uploading that or uh, what I showed you before is just change the name of the model data, the, the name that you've uh, given it, and then try to upload that uh, again. Okay. So if, if there may be some instances where I do get a, an error message, which it still may have scanned successfully. It may warn me maybe that it may not be the most connected scan. Would that be an example if I sh shot too far away, but not so far away? It didn't. There is. Yeah, so there's a message that says something along the lines of low overlap. And uh, it's not an error message, but more of like a warning that says, look, this scan position may be a little bit far away. There isn't a whole lot of overlapping uh, data, 3D data, for me to uh, get a solid connection. That's not to say that the, um, the scan position wasn't placed correctly, uh, but it's just kind of a heads up warning uh, you may want to uh, take fewer steps between scan positions next time. Mm -hmm. uh, now, unfortunately, there is no way of warning uh, in a way that's not terribly annoying um, when a scan position is misaligned. So this is actually something that's very important. So when you see that aligning um, come up and before, while you're waiting for that scan position to align, it's a good idea to keep an eye on the iPad to make sure that this blue dot, the number four, comes up where the tripod was positioned. Uh, well, that kind of begs the question, because I, I noticed when you were playing the, the video, there was, there was some time where I guess the, the model successfully transferred from the camera to the iPad, mm -hmm. but was maybe processing on the iPad and didn't yet show up. So right. I was thinking I might, be able to speed up the process of, of scanning is after I see that it's successfully transferred to my iPad that I could continue to be moving the camera and positioning it. Should I be waiting for that, that previous scan to still show up before I take my next shot or uh, it's, it's, it's hard to say because it's, you know, it's very difficult to predict a misalignment. If you could predict a misalignment, you wouldn't scan that position to begin with. Um, I like to keep my scan positions about five to six feet apart as opposed to the maximum, you know, eight, nine feet. Um, I find that it, with more overlapping data, capture is able to align faster, which allows me to move to the next scan position faster. Ah. So just uh, for clarification, if, if, my, if my next scan, number five, was just baby steps from number four, then it would likely 
connect to, to number four faster than if it was eight feet away. Correct. So I may be in the rhythm to say, well, if I scan every four or five feet, I can pretty much trust in a residential listing for sale mm -hmm. that the scans will connect and I could keep moving through the space, moving the camera, even though I don't see the scan uh, yet show up on my iPad, but maybe that's uh, after I've been scanning for 10 or 20 or 30 homes, maybe start to pick up that a little bit more advanced technique of how to even move faster through a space. Right, right. For sure, as you do more of these and get, get more scan um, models under your belt, you'll get more comfortable with it. It's always a good idea, uh, even if you don't wait for it to line with every single scan, which I, I completely understand is not practical. Uh, we all wanna get through that home as fast as possible. It is definitely a good idea to get in the habit of looking down at the uh, mini-map, the, the screen that you see here, um, just to see that there aren't any uh, you know, discrepancies in the scan positions. So if, if let's say that, that, that where I expected scan four to show up, it totally put it in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Do I leave it there and continue scanning or is there a way to delete it and then scan again? Uh, you would want to delete it and then scan again. In order to delete it, you just tap the number, the, the scan is position. Is that something you can show me uh, without maybe deleting, but showing me on a, a previous? Yeah. Yeah, we can go over that. Because I'm uh, guessing if you went into a previous model, you could probably show me what those three different new uh -huh. things that popped up in the bottom right are. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll cover those as, uh, as soon as uh, we're done with the video. We'll, we'll uh -huh. open up a previously scanned model and we'll cover all the, uh, all the icons at the bottom there. Um, so, okay, so let's go ahead and continue on here. So now scan position five uh, completes the fourth corner. And from this point, it's just a matter of filling in the black. I like to think of two things when I'm scanning a home, for example. Um, one is filling in the black. So you get a full model. In this case, uh, you can see, let me pause that. You can see I scanned position seven, and out towards the, the edges of this room, it's becoming a little bit dithered. There's some, there's some you know, black dots all over the place. That is basically telling me that uh, the 3D coverage of those surfaces is not as dense, and I won't get as accurate uh, measurements and 3D model in the end. So I wanna fill that in, even though you can, you can see it and make out the room, you know, generally speaking, unless it's a pretty small room, you don't want to have just the one scan position in the middle. You'll have better accuracy uh, with measurements if you do a few scans um, around the room and, and even, you know, another one in the middle. Why not? Uh, so more than just the one scan. Uh, so from seven, I just kind of keep going. Filled in that corner with eight and then uh, nine towards the other side so you can see how that looks more filled in. So, um, so I just want to, to kind of make that uh, clear that, let me go back into capture now. 
Thanks for doing the video. That was most helpful. For sure, yeah. All right, um, so we're switching gears and you're going to explain those tools in the bottom right corner? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I did uh, just want to mention the second thing that I think about, not only filling in the black, but I also think about uh, navigation. Your visitors can only navigate to the positions you scanned. So down hallways, you want to try and keep those lines as straight as possible. If it's going around a corner at the end of a hallway, you're going to want, you, you don't want to cut the corner. You want to have the position placed at 90 degrees uh, all the way you know, past the corner and then turn 90 degrees and then keep going down uh, into the room or remaining hallway, whatever. Um, but, uh, but just keep in mind that navigation and filling in the black are the two things that you want to keep in mind as you're scanning a home. Uh, okay. So this was scanned with a 360, an Insta360 in fact, and that's why the positions here are hexagons instead of circles that we saw in the video. Uh, scan positions captured with the Matterport Pro 2 um, are circles, 360 cameras are hexagons, and the Leica BLK360 are squares. You can integrate, change up in between uh, the different models all in one or the different cameras all in a single model. I can have circles, squares, and hexagons in the same model. Does and, that make sense? Well, I understand, while I understand you can do that, why would I want to mix cameras? Um, so for example, the Leica BLK does a much better job with outdoors than the Pro 2 but the Pro 2 is a much faster scanning camera. So you can do the inside of the house with the Pro 2 and then do the outside with the Leica BLK, as an example. Um, if you're scanning something like a uh, car dealership, okay, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. You wanna do most of the dealership with the Pro 2, but then maybe you wanna sneak in a couple shots of the interiors of the cars with a uh, 360, Insta360. You can better maneuver it and um, it better deals with those tight spaces. Um, so that might be beneficial. You know, th those spaces may uh, work better with kind of having two different cameras. Okay. Okay. Um, so if I wanted, for example, to delete one of these, let's say uh, scan 27 is, is completely... Uh, out of alignment. Do you want I, to duplicate this model first before you um, delete anything? I have it. Uh, I have it backed up. No worries. Okay. Uh, so I just tap on the scan position itself, and I can see a very rough preview. You can see at the top it says preview, not final quality. So you're going to see stitching issues. Uh, you're going to see some. Um, uh, potential color and brightness uh, issues with this that you will not see once this uh, model data is up and processed. Um, so I get a, a preview. I can um, move this scan position between floors if I have different floors, or I can delete, delete the scan as you can see in the bottom. I, I understand the preview and that it's, it's not the final quality. What would be a reason that I might want to look at the preview? Um, so for example, I've had it where um, I was scanning and all of a sudden somebody comes down the hallway in the middle of my scan 
Uh, I wasn't looking at the camera because then the camera may have potentially seen me, but I want to make sure before I move on that the camera didn't see this person that came in my shot. So I'll, I'll look at the preview and then see whether I need to rescan that or not. A terrific example. Are there other um, compelling reasons why I'd want to look at a preview? Um, I, I suppose to each his own, Dan. <laughs> um, I'm just curious. I, I, I don't I think you keep making sure that the, you know, the, the pets or people are not in the shot. Sounds like a, a, a great example. Yeah. Of using the, yeah, the exactly. Pets uh, walking through the shot, things like that. Uh, if there's, you know, a very specific detail that you want to make sure that did uh, come out, that, that is, um, you know, lit well enough that you can see it. If you can see it in the preview, you'll definitely see it in the final product. Okay, so you tapped in order to get the preview, and now I see I have two op. I actually have three options. Three options, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the move to floor, and we'll get to floors in a second here. But scan positions are not tied to floors, um, as we've talked about previously. Uh, everything needs to be aligned to something that's been scanned before. Everything starts at position zero zero. Um, and works out from there. So if you want to go to a second floor, you can't just pick up the camera, go to the second floor and start scanning. You have to scan your way up to that second floor. Okay, but that said, scan positions are not tied to floors. They, they know the elevation of the scan position relative to other scan positions, but a floor is really just a grouping of scan positions. So, um, I don't know if you want to go into this now, but uh, if I wanted to tap on the very, very bottom um, right icon, the one with the, the, the three kind of squares overlapping one another, uh, that's the floor icon. This allows me to create a new floor or switch between floors that I've already created, uh, as you can see here. So uh, I already have floor one and floor two. If I just tap on floor two, there are no scan positions there. Uh, if I go back into here and go back to floor one, hit move to floor on scan 27, and then hit floor two, you'll see that it does a little bit of processing and moving. Now I'm looking at floor two, and that scan position is isolated. When so I upload this model... What could, what, what could happen there is I, I'm in the basement, I'm scanning up the stairs, I get to the main level of the house, I add a new fl floor in that menu, but I forgot when I scanned to place that scan on the second floor, that, that I'm yes. now scanning the second floor. So, oops, uh, it is on the second floor. I can now uh, tap on it and move it to the second floor. Precisely. So a lot of times, again, you're, you're in a hurry, you're trying to get through. And you get to the top of the landing, and we know that at the top of that landing, on uh, the, the next floor, we want to start our new floor, but we're in a hurry, and we forgot. No big deal. You can go back, select any number of scans uh, that you want. I can, in fact, go back to floor one. If I uh, tap and hold, uh, I just tapped and, and held down on 26, so it's, it's highlighted, but it didn't open up a menu. Uh, then I can go ahead and tap other scan positions and uh, and then say, let's see here. Uh, nope. Oops, sorry. Tap 
should be able to move all of these. I don't know if I can move all of these. I should be able to move all of these to, uh, to another floor. No, it doesn't look like it. I'll have to look into that. There was a way uh, at one point to, to move multiple scan positions to a new floor. Um, and it doesn't look like I'm able to, to bring it up. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I know we have a lot of devices connected to do WGAN TV live at five. So I could imagine that we could be causing a little bit of a, a challenge uh, in terms of uh, not being able to move multiple scans simultaneously. But uh, uh, well, uh, great that you're going to check on that. I'll, I'll definitely um, check on that. I. You know, I, I, I could imagine, I'm, I'm trying to understand this floor stuff. If you could go back to the floors for a second yes. uh, to, to in the bottom right. So um, if you go to add a new floor, uh, mm -hmm. can, I, can I call the floor? So I could call the floor basement if I wanted. You could. It's not going to translate to the same name. That basement name is not going to be uh, part of your final model after processing. So maybe so, it's a way for you let's, to let's, let's let's assume that a house is three levels. It's got the basement, the main level, and the second floor. That's how I think of a space: basement, main levels, second floor. Mm -hmm. uh, good or bad? Let's just assume that's the case. So I could label while I'm scanning. So in my mind, think, oh, that's the basement, that's the main level, and that's the second floor. I think what I'm hearing is once it gets processed, it's actually going to be labeled floor one, floor two, floor three. Correct. And uh, just, just to make it more confusing, because I, I, I know that I read, uh, I read ahead and the best practice was to scan from the bottom up. So in that case, scan basement first, main level, scan up the stairs, get to the main level, scan up the stairs, get to the second floor. But I can imagine there's times that, that I might want to start with the main level first then go to the second level of the house and mm -hmm. do the basement last. So sure. I'm, I'm going to imagine that if I've labeled things basement, main floor, and second floor, that that'll make sense to me. But if, it, if I leave the labels as floor one, floor two, floor three, and I've scanned main first, right. second floor, second, and basement last, that said, when it eventually processes and, and shows up as a Matterport 3D tour, it's going to say floor one, floor two, floor three, and it's going to be in the order of basement, main level, and second floor. Uh, correct. Yes. So you can. Uh, you're absolutely right. It is uh, best practice, and ideally you would be scanning from the lowest floor to the highest floor. Um, that being said, that's not always possible. Things are happening on the basement, for example, and it's not ready to be scanned yet, and you need to move on. So you start on the main floor uh, or even on the top floor. and then So it's, it's possible. It certainly is possible. If you are starting on the main floor and then working your way up to the second floor, 
you're done, you're completely done with those two scans. Uh, and it is even more recommended uh, to not jump around so much. Keep yeah, those well, I, I, I read in the We Get Around Network forum that sometimes the house is not exactly always sure. ready. And yeah. so if the real estate agent is, is prepped the main level, but hasn't gotten to the second floor or the basement yet, I, uh, as much as I want to start with the basement, the basement hasn't been prepped. And so while I'm scanning on the main level of the house, some, some work, I could imagine that the real estate agent is still staging the basement and there may be some people still sleeping on that second floor and they're just not ready for me. So sometimes yeah. even best practices, you, you know, I got to know that yeah. I can still scan it in, uh, if the best practice is start at the bottom and work my way up, e even if the house is not available in that order, it's not a problem, but I should keep in mind that just because I've labeled something floor one, floor two, floor three, uh, it not, is not necessarily going to show up as floor one, two, and three in the order that I scanned. It's going to show up in the final tour where the floors are labeled from the bottom up floor one, floor two, floor three. Correct. And you can change those names as well using uh, Workshop 3.0. So j just for clarification, even though I've named the floors, whatever I've named them, when it eventually gets processed, it's going to show up as floor, floor one, floor two, floor three, going from the lowest level to the top level. And, uh, and then in Workshop 3.0, which I believe you showed us, you can then relabel the names of the floors if I want to. Correct. Basement, main floor, second floor. Okay. Yeah. And um, I guess just for clarification, if I, if I go, uh, so I've, I've done the basement, I've gone up the stairs, I've started scanning the main level, I got 10 scans on the main level, but I haven't placed them on that floor. And so I go, oops, I can move them to the correct floor it's not that it's, it's actually physically moving. I'm, I'm guessing that the Matterport Capture app is letting me know about the floors just so that I have the visual reference of what, what makes sense to me. But frankly, if I, if I chose to scan a three-story house and I did it all on one level, it would still process correctly as a 3D model. The Correct. organization of these floors has nothing to do with how the model processes. That is correct. These are, this is a grouping of scan positions. Uh, you're basically removing the uh, visual representation of the scan positions from one floor so that you can scan a floor that is directly above that level. And so you don't get confused with how the scans are aligning and whatnot. So uh, again, but, clarification, the, the floors is only to help me visualize my scanning so that by uh, moving a scan to the correct floor, um, I, I don't have to look at the scan data for the other floors and then I can actually see did I com complete that floor properly and I'm not um, totally disoriented because all the scans are sandwiched together in, in one floor. Yeah, yeah, you don't see one scan position, one circle in your mini-map uh, kind of overlapping another circle and, and you get kind of confused which floor is which one on and and so on. So it just helps you uh, visualize the model because what you see in capture is a 2D representation of a 3D model. 
Great. So that was one of the three tools in the bottom right. I think there were two more tools to, to look at. Uh, yes. So, oops. Oh, go away. Uh, yeah, so we have another tool here, the little marking just above the floor. This tool allows me to mark. You see it says mark features. And I'll just go from the top down, the top circle. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm lost there because I can't see you tap. So if, if you could X out of that and just tell me once again, which, which button, are you hitting the middle button or the top button? Uh, the middle one with the line and two dots on either side. Line and two dots, that's what you're hitting. Okay. So I tap that. This is the marking uh, feature. And this allows me to specify what is a mirror, what is a window, and where I want to trim out or crop um, some 3D data. Okay. So the top one is the mirror marking. And if I just tap that, you can see a little highlight around it. And now I'll just use my finger to tap and drag. And uh, let's see here. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna zoom in a little bit. So I'm gonna tap again on the mirror button to unselect it, so that I can zoom in. And I don't know if you can make this out. This yes. is the bathroom. So there's a mirror right above the sink. Very common. So I'm gonna just tap the mirror, and click. Just not click, but tap and drag uh, the mirror marking from one side to the other. And why do I want to mark mirrors? So mirrors are probably the most important thing to mark as you're scanning through your uh, space, your property. And the reason is because the camera sees what is reflected in the mirror as another room on the opposite side of the mirror. So an example of that and how you can kind of get into trouble with this is I have a uh, master bedroom with a connected master bath. Uh, the mirror of the master bathroom that I'm scanning uh, first is uh, reflecting a, a mirror image of the master bath into the uh, what's basically on the other side of the wall, and that's the bedroom. So now I've scanned that. It thinks there's a whole other bathroom on the other side of that mirror because I haven't marked it, and now I'm working my way with scan positions out into the bedroom, and now I can't align because it says, wait a minute, what I see here in the bedroom is not what I know should be here. There should be a bathroom here. So you mark that and then it'll say, nope, that's not a bathroom. Don't worry about that data. Just ignore it. So do I, so do I need to mark mirrors prior to scanning? As soon as you see them and, and where they would be in the, uh, the minimap, then you can mark it. It's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen right away. But just know that if you are running into uh, misalignments uh, or non-alignments, uh, issues with aligning your scan position, that could be uh, one of the reasons. So look around your minimap and see, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to, scan, to mark this mirror. Mark it, scan again, and that should fix the problem. So uh, again, just for clarification, if I don't mark that mirror, it's possible that the, the Matters, Matterport processing engine will think that there's a totally additional room because that's what it's seen in the mirror is a whole nother space. Correct. And in order to avoid misalignments and bad scans, it's important to mark the mirrors as soon as I, uh, as, as soon as I see them and I can mark them. Correct. So Correct. is there any downside to making that line longer than the mirror? 
No, in fact, I would recommend not trying to, you know, make it extremely accurate, but do go a little bit over each edge of the mirror. Um, you can see that the little arrow uh, with the front is kind of pointing towards the sink, uh, and that's correct. So that, that's the front of the mirror, and, and that's how you want it. And uh, two questions. Uh, it looks like you kind of bisected the wall there. How important is that placement? Could it, do, I, do I need to be super accurate about placing it exactly where that wall is? And then what happens if I, it says front and that's facing the correct way. What, what if it wasn't facing the correct way? So uh, the center icon, uh, which is the, the mirror icon, same icon as what's in the little button on the right. Uh, you can just tap that and you get a small um, menu that one option is delete, the other option is swap label. So if I press the swap label option, it just flips the arrow of the direction. So if you wow. did happen to draw it in the wrong direction, for example, I'll tap the, wind, the mirror icon and just draw it in the wrong direction, I can just tap swap label. I don't have to you know, move around, I don't have to grab these and move it all the way around like that. I can just swap the label. And, and then how, how important is it in terms of where it's placed in terms of the- In terms of the placement, you definitely want to keep an eye on it. It doesn't have to be 100% you know, accurate. You can't uh, see to that uh, degree of resolution, but you don't want something like this. Okay, so this if you just put that back, I, it's, it's driving me nuts that it, the front is facing the wrong direction. Could you just flop okay, that? Yeah. So uh, just in case, okay, now let's see you put it in place. And, and I just, I'm, I'm just grabbing, if I grab the, the side, one of the uh, end yeah. tabs, I, I can pivot. Yeah. Uh, if I grab from the center, it's just gonna drag the whole line. Okay, and what if it's what if it's a little bit further back? Does it mean that it's not? It, it, yeah, if it's if it's there, what's going to happen? Will will it still be okay? Or you might see it'll, it should be okay. You might see a little bit of that extra mesh that was scanned in between the actual mirror and this line. So uh, best so practice: like, carefully place the, the mirror marker because try it to actually... place it as carefully as possible. Um, and definitely be longer than the mirror, not shorter than the mirror. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, you don't uh, see the effect of that data um, being eliminated from your model. It only affects it uh, after the, you know, during the, the processing uh, part of it. Great. Unless there's something else on mirrors, uh, how about windows? That's it for mirrors. Uh, windows are pretty much the same. So I have a uh, window over here and I'm just gonna tap the window icon. That's the second one down and drag a window icon or the, the window marking like that. Um, again, same exact uh, techniques hold true. Uh, the window, in this case, the window uh, is, is kind of inset a little bit in, in the wall. So I may want to reduce these. Again, I don't want it to have it you know, perfectly. I do want it to go a little bit over, but I may back it up just a bit here uh, so that I don't have uh, just, a, just a flat uh, plane so you can kind of see that depth in the, in the final model. Does, it, does that line literally cut whatever it is that, it, that is to the left of it? 
yeah, everything to the left of this is going to be eliminated from the 3D data, and it's going to generate uh, a just mesh basically in the window itself because your 3D camera can't see the glass. Uh, this will be basically just a black hole in the model, and this will fill in that black hole. So I, I presume you make the trim a little bit bigger than the windows. Uh, trim. Uh, oh, forgive me, the window. So you, the window. Yeah, the window yeah, yes, yes. The window, the window marking the a little window. bit over the edge. But I'm a little bit confused because I see some of this splash or splatter or something to the left of the window, but you haven't marked all the way blocking it to the bottom left, for example. Do, I, do you need to do that? Or just by marking the window, it takes care of the rest of that splatter? So since you can't uh, see my, my finger or mouse cursor, I'm just going to mark this with, uh, let's say, like a, a I'll mark this with a, a trim line just so you can see the difference between them. Um, okay, so this part of it, uh, this part of the wall is not a window. I know that because I scanned this place. Uh, this is a wall. So what you see to the left here is some 3D artifacting. This model was also captured with a 360, an Insta360, not a uh, Pro 2. So the accuracy of these, the, these artifacts is, is kind of, well, it's not as accurate. It, uh, it's guessing as to what's there. So this stuff here, you know, if, I'm, if I have a camera and it's looking through the window, it might pick up some uh, bushes or trees or stuff outside the window, but it can't see through the wall. So there's no need for me to bring this all the way out here. I'm just going to remove this for now because this is this shouldn't be there anyway. That's that should not be processed. That's just an artifact of the conversion uh, process from 360 uh, 2D to 3D. Okay, so that's how to do the window, and then I see a scissors. What's that for? A scissors is for trim. Um, I don't really like to call it a, a, a crop because, especially a lot of photographers, kind of associate that with, uh, for example, a crop tool in Photoshop. Um, it's not the same, and a lot of people kind of trip up on this one because uh, you assume, and I can totally understand why, uh, if I just place this trim marking here, everything on the remove side of the arrow, you can see it has a little arrow pointing and it has a remove. I would assume that everything, all the 3D data on that side of the line would be gone. That is not the case. I'm just going to tap the X to get out of this tool so you can see the scan positions. The 3D data that was captured by scan position 26 will not be there from the remove side of this line. But because scan position 28 and 29 and 30 and so on are on the remove side of that line, they're not going to be affected. So the 3D data captured by those scan positions will still be part of the model. So it's very important to understand that this is only removing 3D data from scan positions on the opposite side of the line. I'm clear on that. Um, can, uh, what if I have windows on the ins like going inside the house? Maybe I go from the living room to the porch and there's a window 
there's a window in the living room and I can see through it and I can see the porch and I've scanned in the living room and I've scanned in the porch. Mm-hmm. So do I, do I mark the windows? Uh, it does a little bit depend on the situation and what your preference is. You Let, certainly let's, don't. Let's, let's, let's just assume, I know it's not the case, but let's assume where your scan 23 is mm-hmm. and, and higher. Let's say that was, that was a window just above mm-hmm. 23 that separated, let's call it a porch and let's call it the living room. Uh, yeah. how, so, how would you mark that and why? Okay, so uh, let me go into markings and take a window. And I'm just going to mark that like that. This is what you mean? Yeah. So let's assume these are actually windows, uh, and this is the porch, So, and this is the, uh, the inside. Okay, so there we are. Um, you can Would definitely you do the this. other side of it, too? Marking the other side of it is a little bit tricky. I would not recommend it, and that's because the two markings can eat away at each other not giving you a complete uh, wall of mesh, wall of, of geometry in your 3D data. Okay, so uh, you could, you know, and I, I would experiment this on, experiment with this maybe on, on your own, uh, you know, or whoever's you know, listening in, but basically uh, what I would do if I were to do that is draw the other one with some distance between them. I would not overlap them like this. Okay, but with the wall in between. But with a wall in between, kind of like they are, one is one side of the wall, the other is the other side of the wall. That uh, should work, but again, I, I kind of hesitate to say this is a, a guaranteed thing. Um, as it's going through the, the, you know, the rendering of the model data and the processing engine, uh, things can kind of shift and move a little so bit. This might be an example of duplicate the model and try it both ways and see how they compare and whether yeah. I'm happy with yeah, the sure. result. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about them. that this might make the dollhouse look nicer by doing the marking like this. Um, I, I guess I got to go play with it. And, and, and yeah, it, it actually shouldn't matter. You should see the uh, 3D geometry, the, the mesh that's created from these markings, you should see from both sides. Okay. And I, I, so I, think, I, I think I had just two other questions on the windows. Um, so I, I, I'm presuming I have to be careful about not marking a doorway because if I mark a doorway, does that kind of mean I can't walk through that space if I've marked it with a, a window or trim tool? Yes, uh, absolutely. The, because the window marking, the window and mirror both create 3D geometry where you, where you place those markings, it's uh, very important to pay attention that you're not marking, uh, certainly not doorways, but also a lot of times, for example, an entryway for a home will have a large window over the door. You don't, don't mark that because the window marking is going to create that mesh all the way from floor to ceiling, blocking the doorway that's beneath that window. That what is a Matterport sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, did you ask uh, what is a Matterport sandwich? Yes, what is a Matterport sandwich? Oh. <laughs> um, 
So sometimes, well, okay, so it is recommended, as you know, best practice is to have everything open. All the doorways that you are planning on scanning through, have those doors open before you even begin scanning. That being said, we know that sometimes uh, users prefer to have a door closed, and then as you scan your way and, and kind of get closer to it, the door opens you know, to kind of see what's inside, and then you can scan your way through that. That is going to create mesh where the door was scanned. So if the door is scanned closed, the scan position that saw that door closed is going to create 3D geometry in that doorway where the door was seen as closed. And even though you're scanning through it, that geometry, uh, that 3D mesh is going to be part of the model after it's done processing. What you can do to get around that, for example, let's say I did that in this case, I had the front door between 23 and 24 closed. Uh, 23 saw it as open because it's super close and I'm, I'm really getting uh, close to uh, getting out uh, into the uh, patio there. However, uh, nine and seven saw it as closed. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm going to go into my markings. I'm gonna choose the uh, little scissors icon. And whoops, didn't wanna do that. Delete, delete, zoom in first, and then choose the scissors icon. And I'm going to draw a couple uh, trim markings uh, to remove the mesh captured from those scan positions that saw the door as closed. Okay, so I know from the inside of this uh, space, those scan positions, as I mentioned, seven and nine, uh, saw the door as closed. So those are what I need to focus on. So I'm going to draw the marking there, tap again, and draw marking there. Don't need to be quite that much. They're overlapping, as you can see here. And when I zoom back out and get rid of this, you can see that seven uh, is on one side of one of these uh, trim markings and the door is on the opposite side as well as nine is on one side of the other trim marking and the door is on the opposite side so those two scan positions that saw, excuse me that saw the doorway or the door as being closed uh, meshes that now being removed for that door so this is a, a, a workaround for a problem that I created by opening and closing doors while scanning. So exactly. to avoid a Matterport sandwich, not sure why it's called a sandwich, but to avoid. Uh, I'll get into that because let's say, let's say uh, 26 also saw the doorway as closed, right? From both sides of the doorway at one point or another, you had scan positions seeing it as closed. So you want to do it from both sides. Uh, so I'll press the trim marking and I'll remove uh, this as well. I don't want it to be too close. So you want to get some distance there from the door itself. So now the scan data from six. So, so I'm basically sandwiching that, uh, that mesh that, uh, of the doorway itself. I'm sandwiching that between uh, a few trim markings. So, so to, to avoid having to do a Matterport sandwich, I should make sure that all my doors are open throughout all my scanning, and then I won't have to learn how to do this advanced technique. Exactly, 
that's recommended. Great. All right. Um, anything else to show us on Matterport Capture app? So the last icon, uh, just above the markings, this is where the 360s, as we said before, um, I can tap the 3D uh, button just above the main scan button. You can see how I'm changing it from 3D to 360. If I captured a scan position with this mode, with this scan mode enabled, I'll find it here in the last, the top of the three icons. I'll just tap that, and it brings up uh, the 360 view that I had captured, and you can see that it is quite far away from the rest of the model, and so it would not have been able to align, but I can, uh, let's see here, uh, this is actually on. I'm gonna remove that from the map. Um, what I can do is once I've captured the 360 view, I can actually place it on the map where it belongs, or I can do that in uh, workshop. So I got two choices. Um, there was something that said GPS that was lit up. Uh, in the bottom, no, no, uh, uh, right there next to the, uh, to the make full size the, image. There was something that was there. I saw something in red. I didn't, uh, wasn't paying attention. Um, possibly when you uh, do place on map, it positions it uh, where it thinks it belongs. Uh, ah, so it's using the GPS yeah. of the Matterport mm -hmm. Pro 2 camera to yeah. place the 360 view in the in where it thinks it should go. Yeah. Okay. So well, if it's and if it's not in the right spot, then you you clicked on that in the bottom right corner, the top of those three icons. Then it looks like you've now tapped on that 360 view. Correct. I and, can move it. If it's not in the right spot, I can move this around anywhere I want. So you're just dragging your finger. I'm just and, dragging my finger. And, the, and if the orientation I, doesn't look right, I mean, I, or, or how, yeah, how do I make I sure? This. And, and, and what is the right way to, what, what side should face the house? Uh, so in this case, I'm lining up the sidewalk. Hmm. You kind of see that cutting across. And by just looking at the preview, for this, let's see how I can uh, go back. By looking at the preview, uh, I'm seeing that there's a large bush here with uh, this kind of a, just a, the top part of this house. This is, this is where uh, the model was captured. So that, that, that house there is the model. So if I go back, um, uh, there's the uh, used uh, GPS for, for location. So if I go back uh, to this model, let's see here. Oops. Sorry, go back in here. Not, I have to almost remove it and then place again. So, okay. Uh, so here is, you can see here in the top left corner is that large bush with the house just behind it. So I need to move that so it's pointing. So this is how I know that, uh, you know, that with the sidewalk uh, lined up and this large bush 
pointing towards my model over here at the bottom of the screen, um, I know that it's oriented in the correct direction. So I could imagine that uh, even though I, I could reorient the 360 view in Matterport Workshop 3.0, I'm one location, I probably could do this a little bit faster because I, I'm looking at the space and go, oh, oh okay. Uh, uh, it's in the right spot. It's not in the right spot. It's oriented correctly. It's not oriented. So, yeah. so uh, I guess it's this is very important to reference. orient it correctly. Yeah, but th this is nice that I can do this while on location and uh, mm -hmm. get my 360 views in the places that I expect. There looked like there was an extra menu item on, on that one, unlike uh, uh, if you could tap on that 360 view, uh, there was, uh, uh, I, oh. I think you had some extra options. Yeah. So you can drag and rotate, move to floor. That's interesting. Remove from map and convert to 3D experimental. Right. So uh, drag and rotate would allow me to move this around, rotate, just like I was doing before. Um, let's see here. Yep. Uh, move to floor just like the other uh, scan positions. I can I can associate it with a different floor. Mm -hmm. uh, remove from map is the same thing that I have from the 360 um, kind of view itself uh, in the top uh, right here next to the trash can icon. I can remove from the map, which basically just removes it from this map. And then finally, convert to 3D. You can capture a 360 and then convert it to 3D. That, even if you do it with the um, Matterport Pro 2, it's going to use the 360 to 2D to 3D conversion engine, which is not going to be as accurate as having initially captured 3D data. So do, uh, it, it, the, earlier in the show, you talked about um, it, uh, downloading and installing that, that module. Do I need to have that yep. module downloaded if I'm going to take advantage of that convert to 3D experimental feature? Correct. Yes. Ah, yes. Okay, great. So this right. is kind of nice, for example, if you don't have an uh, uh, Insta360, but... Uh, you have your Pro 2, which we know doesn't work well outdoors because it can't compete with the infrared from the sun. You can capture a 360 outdoors and then convert that to 3D if you want it to be part of the 3D model. And okay. just kind of play with that and see how well that works. Sounds like an interesting work, potential workaround yep. if I'm trying to go from maybe the house to the barn uh, right. And it's totally sunny out, and I've I, I know that I can't use Matterport Pro 3D camera to do to do 3D scans, but I could go do it, let's say, in 360 scans every five feet, and then maybe try and take advantage of this experimental convert to 3D to see if I could actually make that work. It may or may not work, but it's it's exactly. maybe it's a, a cool workaround. All right, yeah. cool. So, is there anything else to show us about Matterport Capture app? That's it. Cool. All right. So Matterport uh, 3D Showcase app. So the 3D Showcase, I'm just going to get out of here. So if and you're just tuning in, you're, uh, you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. Our guest today is Amir Frank. Amir is Matterport Content Marketing Manager. 
been kind enough to, he's uh, now about to show us how to use the Matterport 3D Showcase app. So now we have uh, uh, just launched 3D Showcase. This is a simpler application. This is for displaying. This is a really great um, marketing tool, really, uh, where you're not certain you're going to have uh, internet connection. You're definitely going to want to download this application so that you can download any of the featured models that we have here um, or any of your own models. You just download them to your device. Okay. Uh, so when I first launched this application, you can see it opened up the uh, featured page, uh, and I can just scroll through these. Uh, these are homes in our gallery. Um, I won't be able to go into them because I don't have internet access on my iPad. Okay, looks very uh, straightforward. If I wanted to download it to the device before I went to my meeting, there's a little cloud, there's a little icon, just tap exactly. on that, download the model. Then when I'm on site with a client where I don't have internet, access or don't have easily easy access to internet the, the the matterport 3d tour is now on my local device whether that's an ipad or an iphone yes exactly so at the bottom you only have the three uh icons available featured downloaded and cloud um so featured is the uh featured set of models that we store in the cloud and make available to you uh, for any use that you need then you go to downloaded these are models that I've already downloaded to my device. Anything from the featured, anything from my account, um, anything that someone has shared with me uh, that's, that's uh, public facing, I can download it and, and find it here. So where, where did Carmel by the Sea 2 come from if you downloaded it? How, did, how do you download it? Uh, so this one came from my account. If I go into cloud, uh, I'm not connected to the internet, so I apologize. You won't be able to. Okay. So, had you been connected, had had you been connected to the internet, uh, what would happen when you tap on cloud? Uh, why why don't cloud, you... you see your models that are in your account folders, the models within those folders, the same folder structure that you see when you log into your account via any computer. Okay, and then I imagine that I see a similar set of clouds. And uh, on th the thumbnail includes a little cloud with an arrow. And so right. if it's not already on my device, then I'm going to, while I have internet, I'm going to tap on the cloud, download it to my iPad. Correct. So I imagine someplace I needed to sign in on this uh, device. Uh, that's in the cloud. In the cloud, if you're not signed in, and assuming you have internet access, uh, what we would be seeing here right in the center of the screen is your uh, uh, fields for your credentials, uh, login and password. Ah, okay. So once I sign in, then if I want to download one of my models, uh, I, I go to cloud. It's now essentially mirroring whatever is in my Matterport cloud account. Tap uh, on yes. the models that I want to download. They're now downloaded on my device. I can go do a meeting without having internet. Correct. Not How do I, so, okay, now I, I have the model I just shot for a client. I, I want to set my client up with the showcase, uh, with, the, with the Matterport 3D showcase app so they can use their model in a presentation where they don't have internet. I don't want to give them access to my Matterport cloud account. So sure. how, how do I enable my client to be able to add uh, the space that I want to be able to give to them 
to their iPad? So um, the first step is you have to make sure that the model is public. Okay, so if you remember in our workshop uh, 3.0, we went over the little lock icon in the top right corner of your um, account pages. When you're on the model page, you can see the little lock icon. You just tap the lock icon to unlock the model, making it shareable. Doesn't mean that anybody can search for your model, but it just means that anybody who has the direct link can then uh, find it. So you can use that link to, okay, to do so, your model. So I, I have the link. I email, the link. It, email it to my client. You really just need to email them one part of the link. The link is going to look something like my.matterport.com slash show. And then it has a, I believe a slash, uh, and then it has a question mark M equals. Then it has uh, your model ID. It's 11 characters, could be uppercase, could be lowercase, could be a number, but 11 characters after the equals sign. Okay. Those characters, that uh, is your model link. That's the only thing that you need to share with your client. So I share the model ID number, the model 11. Model ID, exactly. Okay. The model ID out of the link. You, you okay. just. So I, I, I emailed to my client, here's the link for Matterport 3D Showcase app, an iOS okay. app, download the app. That's step one. Yeah. So step they've two. downloaded the app. They don't have an account. So when they go to the cloud, if you want, I can uh, give me, give me uh, one second here. Uh, and I'm going to try and connect so I can get you a better visual of this. Okay. How about I pass you a, 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 a Matterport model ID number? Would that be helpful? Sure. Sure. I'm just going to log in here. Oops. And I'm about to pass you a. Okay, I'm going to share. Uh huh. So I, I just uh, shared with you my 11 digit Matterport uh, model ID, which is made up of letters, numbers, uppercase, lowercase. Okay, so here we are. So I've, I've connected to the internet. Sorry that took me so long. Um, so now when I go to my cloud icon, you can see that downloaded. I still have just this one model. Mm -hmm. And if I go into cloud, I have, uh, I'm, I'm logging into um, my temporary account. Mm -hmm. and so I have uh, the same model as well as a folder that currently has zero models in it. Okay. Okay. Um, if I wanted to download this model, again, as you mentioned, I press the uh, cloud with a down arrow. Mm -hmm. now, if I don't have an account, if I go into my uh, little uh, gear icon, a little settings kind of gear icon in the top right corner and just log out. You can see here's where you would enter your um, username or email address and password to log into your account. Does my client need to have a Matterport cloud account in, in order to be able to add the 10 digit model number to their 
Matterport 3D Showcase app? Uh, no. Okay. No. So uh, assuming that your model is public and mm -hmm. you have shared your 11-digit uh, model ID with your client, they can come to this page, okay. tap the magnifying glass, the little search icon in the okay. top. Can right you do corner. that? I, I just passed you my model number. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me look for that. It's in our little chat window on the right. Uh, ah, there we go. Okay. So I'm going to uh, just punch this in. And let's see here. You're not copying and pasting it? I can't. Okay, I'll read it out to you. You want me to read it out? Capital F, lowercase d, lowercase u, lowercase b. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. And Q. Yeah. Okay. So I got it in there, whichever way you, you like, and then I can do search, and there's the model. Okay. So not in my account, I'm not logged in, I don't have any credentials that have anything to do with Matterport. Uh, I can find this model because it's public and because I have this ID. This is like your password or key to access this model. Uh, at this point, I can just tap on the main thumbnail to view the model or, oops, I can tap the little uh, blue cloud and arrow icon to download it into my uh, iPad. Okay, so, th so this is really good. What this, this says is my client can have the model that I pass to the client to be able to uh, uh, um, download the Matterport 3D Showcase app, uh, use the magnifying lens, add the model, the 10 digit number, mm -hmm. uh, then uh, use the cloud, hit the arrow, download it, and they never have to set up a Matterport cloud account. They don't need to ever be connected to the internet even to add the, uh, their model, which I shot in order to send it to them. Correct. Okay, good. Uh, awesome. If you could take it off screen share. Yep. Um, what kinds of uh, use cases for the Matterport 3D Showcase app? What are, what are, I, we just described one yeah. way is I want to give it to my client. My client can use it offline to share with whomever they want to. I can use it on business development calls where I may not have internet access and I want to make sure that I can show Matterport spaces to someone in their office without the hassle of connecting to the internet in their office. Yeah. How else might I use the Matterport 3D Showcase uh, so, A, it's a really good marketing tool for um, Matterport service partners. If you're just a, a photographer, not an agent, you can use it uh, to show what Matterport can do, how much more information you're getting from Matterport as opposed to uh, just a slideshow of images. Uh, you can go to real estate meetups and, and just show people um, right then and there what a dollhouse looks like, and they're pretty much always surprised and, and taken back by that. So that, it's a really good marketing tool for uh, service partners to use to, um, to market their own services to the agents. If you're an agent, um, you can use it with your clients. You can download, uh, I mean, this kind of goes back to what you mentioned, but you can have several homes that you want to uh, potentially show this client, meet up at a coffee shop, 
I don't know if there's going to be internet or not. Uh, show them the models, whether there is or not internet, and uh, then you can know whether you want to visit, you know, half of the uh, homes or, or just a, a few of them. You don't necessarily have to go to all of them. Also, it seems like a great use at a trade show, whether you're a photographer yeah. or a real estate agent, uh, even though there might be internet, generally the internet's usually not so great. And this way you don't have to be dependent on it. So I think that would be another uh, example of using it. Anything else that come to mind? Uh, use of I mean, Like you said, anything uh, really where you want to show the, the power of an end product that Matterport offers um, to anybody, in any kind of situation, whether there is or isn't internet is almost irrelevant. This is a really good tool to visualize and interact with the uh, model. Cool. Anything else on Matterport 3D showcase app? Uh, no, that's a pretty um, basic and straightforward application. Yeah, Capture is a bit more complicated than this one. Amir, thank you once again for being on the show today. No problem at all. I really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting and uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Amir Frank, uh, Matterport Content Marketing Manager. He's been on the show a number of times. Always terrific to have you on the show, Amir, uh, taking us from, uh, from zero knowledge to a wealth of knowledge in how to use uh, Matterport Workshop 3.0, uh, uh, reasons as a photographer to get Matterport, uh, and then today's show on uh, Matterport Capture App, and Matterport 3D Showcase app. Uh, we've been uh, recording the show, so if you missed any portion of it, uh, by tomorrow, Wednesday, August 28th, 2019, uh, we will place uh, the, the show in the We Get Around Network forums. You're watching on our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll, we'll place it in the We Get Around Network forum. Uh, you can enter wegetaroundnetworkforum.com or in short, WGAN forum. Dot com. And again, we'll, uh, we'll have re uh, recorded the show and placed it in the We Get Around Network forum. Um, uh, Amir, thanks again. Good to see you as always. And uh, thanks always, for being on the show. I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network forum. And thank you so much for uh, tuning in to WGAN TV Live at Five.